Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Saturday Papers. How are we all? Sorry, just getting a, a message. How are we all? I hope you enjoyed the curly cooks. Good morning. Morning, if you're listening on podcast, this is the Saturday Headlines Papers. A little chew through, a little flick past, a little chewing over of the headlines, the fantastic headlines, the stories, some of the silly ones, obviously some of the more serious ones. We're going to be talking, unfortunately, about the uh, Lucy Letby case. Um, She's obviously on the front of most papers today. Uh, Good morning, Maisie, Eve, uh, Mika Mack, Natasha Milchin, Elaine Denning. Good morning. Um, you hopefully you enjoyed the it was a pre-recorded curly cooks it was uh, premiered we managed to stay on it Nadia was leaving her comments underneath the wrong part of the live um but uh we were at the weekend last night uh at Wembley Stadium and boy what a night did we have um and I hasten to add I don't know how to say this any other which way or how he invited us what can I say he's a look He's a fan, fan of, it's unbelievably, uh, you're not going to believe that he's a fan of the popcorn junkies. Um, and so he contacted and one thing led to another and we chatted about Napoleon, the film, <laughs> and we're in this very curious place, uh, which was absolutely wonderful. It really, 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 really made sure we had a lovely time last night. Um, and it was so nice having Hannah there. Absolutely brilliant, brilliant fun. We'll be posting more, uh, more clips from that um, for any weekend fans here. But um, but yeah, no, and uh, so let, let's have a look at the um, look on that note though. On that note, which was quite funny, um, Hannah sent me this on online today, and this is footage. I've turned the music off, but this is footage of what was beaming out of Wembley Stadium last night. We were watch this. We were under that light, not the little light on the left. That's part of the building, uh, but we were at, we were right at the bottom of that enormous torch. In fact, that's the f- light. That's the f- telephone. The light on my my iPhone doing that. It's quite something, isn't it? That is my iPhone light on. I'm joking. <laughs> it's not. It's not. But we were right at the bottom. In fact, super wide angle camera couldn't cope with the the length of that beam of light and christ what a performance only 33 years old as well bloody hell quite something um anyway let's look at to um was in patrick salt did you you enjoyed him in manchester absolutely insane quite something epic in in every in every sense of the word Uh, and i think he broke the capacity record for wembley stadium um astonishing astonishing keely windle i was just about to type wow you had me mark oh it's true don't know what to say about it (laughs) um okay so um here's the front pages so obviously the big story today is lucy letby which is you know obviously has become britain's as the daily mail says worst child killer found guilty of murdering seven babies um, and, uh, you know, attempted killing. Was it found guilty of killing seven babies, but attempted murder of six others. But they think that there are just potentially hundreds and hundreds more. And of course, the narrative around this, which is always the thing that, that feels so grisly and so disturbing. I mean, it, it, it's, it's so disturbing is how ordinary she seems how every day she seems um we have the telegraph ran this is the footage of her, her 
Um, the detectives released footage at the moment she was first arrested on suspicion. Yeah, thank you. Don't you have a problem? Yeah. I'm going to put you in the back seat over here. Hold on, Lance. Yes. Get this Take a seat in there for me, Lucy. I'll move that seat forward a bit. Sure. Yeah, I just had knee surgery. So. Oh, right, okay. so ordinary and that is what's so chilling about this uh the, of course all of the chat now is about why was she not picked up these are the charges and the verdicts uh, there were 22 counts brought against her um seven murder i think six uh, attempted murder um incredibly heavy stuff you know you know when letby's friends gave each other mr men characters they named her the innocent one she was idolized by her parents loved salsa dancing and cocktails had a winnie the pooh teddy in her bedroom but she was a killer hiding in plain sight. I think this is the bit that's just so shocking, isn't it? What was going on? There has to be. Uh, this is her parents' parents' assessment. You can't be serious. This can't be right. Her stunned mother's words as evil daughter was found guilty. Imagine being the parents. Um, Elaine Denning, so far there is nothing in Lucy Letby's history that reveals any signs of trauma or mental health issues in her life, but there must be something, surely, what the fuck happened to her. I mean, you know, it, what is it Munchausen by proxy? Is that it? Could it be some kind, you know, this talk that she was having some affair or romance or something with someone, you know, was, was this about, I mean, it's interesting the way in which, and rather frustrating the way in which only child keeps being sort of plopped everywhere as if that's in its in and of itself, some kind of explanation for deep, dark, demonic evil. I mean, cases like this raise the question, does evil exist? And, and I think when you get things like this, um, you know, I'm not convinced that she isn't taking a lot of blame that isn't necessarily hers. I'm not saying what's happened is right, but is really responsible for all of it. Do you really? Really? I mean, you know, the 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 the, the verdicts were majority verdicts, some unanimous. Really? Um, I think we're looking at I think if you are looking to spread the blame, I think you have to look at the administrative systemic, as MeTube says, failure of checks and balances. I mean, I think, I believe the hospital was given an all clear. I think her department was given an all clear. I mean, I think you're looking at, you know, I think what we have to accept here is that, yes, trauma can cause a lot, but I don't think trauma is, has to, is necessarily an ingredient in evil. And nor, nor does trauma always have to be present for there to be some kind of mental health issue. I mean, you know, you've clearly got to be unhinged. I mean, so where, wherever and however and whatever has happened is kind of, it's happened. She, something in her, perhaps the age of the babies and the manner in which they departed, she felt 
so sort of removed from them? A fantasist? Was she a fantasist? Was she engaging in all that sort of self-deceit of not necessarily connecting, you know, cause and consequence, the causal effects, um, you know, in relationship to what she was doing? Bitterness, anger. Is this what happens when some resentment creeps in? But it, I have to say it is when you hear things like she had a Winnie the Pooh bear on her bed and, and stuff like that. Uh, nurse in front of the mirror, nurses found guilty of murdering seven newborns, trying to kill six others. Do Doc's warnings were ignored. Cops are There has to be a further investigation into what went wrong. Uh, the sun is running with a chilling photo taken hours before Britain's uh, worst child murderer uh, began her spree. This is the hen party. One day, baby killer. The next, again, it's the ordinariness, isn't it? It's the everydayness of those images. Um, that speaks volumes. At the scenes of the crimes, this is a checklist of who was on shift uh, for every baby that collapsed or death that was examined in court. And rather dramatically, as the red checked boxes running down the centre of the screen show, she was there for all of them. She hasn't been found guilty for all of them, but she was there for all of them. I think we're going to see I think we're going to see a lot of these individual cases reopened. I, you know, it's it's just awful. And of course, a lot of the papers are leading with the fact or running stories about other notorious serial killers in terms of Beverly Allett, uh, Harold Shipman. Again, both of a sort of um, you know medical uh, sort of uh, sort of bent, if you like. Um, and then, of course, uh, there's uh, Fred and Rose West. It always it always strikes me as curious that you know, I mean, they were both evil, but. It's always a photograph more often than not a photograph of Rose West. I guess it's because this is a this is a woman too, um, but it's just a hideous, hideous, hideous story. Um, yeah, and as you say, uh, doctors tried to say something. See, there has to be some deep, deep seated, clear out investigation of who knew what, who was saying what, when did what happen, when it happened, and all that sort of sort of stuff. Um, so that yeah, I mean, you know, calling her the innocent one. You know, photographs of her, you know, I mean, it's it's just terrible, isn't it? Drinking beer. I mean, she must have in some capacity in her head managed to completely disconnect or, or believe that there was no real consequence to whatever she was doing. It's the only way in which I can think she actually kind of could do it and carry on doing it and then carry on in any normal way, which in and of itself is a mental health Ill illness, isn't it? I mean, people, 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 kids are dying. I mean, some parents talked about her fury at the point that uh, their child didn't die um, and such like. Nadia Mansour, I just hope you investigate the backstory to all of it. How did so many babies go before it was eventually picked up? But yeah, it's not a good case to comment on. Uh, terrifying to think, says Michub, if she had moved around from hospital to hospital, she may never have gotten caught, Michub, which puts you in mind of that film, The Good Nurse, starring Eddie Redmayne. And, you know, I'm a, you know, I, I'm not a massive fan of Eddie, but I think that was one of his best performances. Uh, him and Jessica Chastain, in which he played a nurse who was killing patients. True story. And he, the, the character that he plays was moved from hospital to hospital to hospital because no hospital authority wanted to take wrong, uh, responsibility. Um, so, yeah. Now, obviously, the big news. Let's move on to, you know, we're, we're talking evil, pure, pure. But, you know, is it evil? It is one of the problems that we have as humans not being able to kind of accept this kind of behavior. So, But if we have evil, 
if there's a concept of evil, then presumably it's a, it's applicable, you know, on these occasions. Natasha Mulchin, evil, evil, evil. Um, the Lionesses, who's going to be watching the footy? Who's going to be watching the football? It's a biggie. It's a biggie. It's a, it's a biggie. It's a biggie. I just wanted to share. I had a remarkable thought earlier today. I thought this woman is a, a very pretty um, uh, female uh, version of almost Sven Goran Eriksson. I, I, was, I was struck the other day when I saw her and I thought, oh, God, she's the England manager. You know, there's talk that she might, that the FA will consider her as a possible contender for the managing of the men's football team. But um, even that in itself suggests there's a sort of hierarchy, doesn't it? Uh, Jules recently watched The Good Nurse uh, documentary on Netflix and couldn't believe the similarities with the recent story of the babies. Yeah. Uh, me too. I don't believe there is an evil, but evil is something some people do. It's the worst of worst things humans can do to each other. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Ellery Jones, I'm not going to be watching it properly. Might be on in the background. I love the England manager, says Amy May. Um, uh, what's this? Rampedo. Uh, 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 uh. Report on NHS psychiatrist ran Peter Ring. Oh my god, that's awful. T dot S. Um, statistically, Lionesses have already beaten the performance of the men's team, exactly, exactly. Which leads us all to sort of this question so, if they're so good and if we have equality, why isn't Prince William or the Prime Minister off to the final? Do you who thinks that if it was the men's football team, they'd be there? Instead, the foreign secretary's going, uh, old cleverly, is that his name? Um, James Cleverly, who, who, as he himself says, doesn't know an awful lot about football. Um, you know, I think yeah, I'm very patriotic, so I'm going to be watching, says Ali P. Perhaps the women's manager could help the men's team. Well, that's what they're suggesting. But what does that mean? That, that, that it's a priority that she goes to the men's team. Is that are we fe are we feeling male privilege there already? Uh, so, yeah, foreign secretary going instead of the prime minister. Um, uh, Prince William are coming under sticks, of course, is, is neither head of the FA. He came under pressure to attend after the Queen of Spain said she'd be travelling to Sydney to watch the match. I, I, I think they should be there myself. Um, and then there's a bit of a bit of a hoo-ha, a suggestion of what do you think of the bunting and display there at number 10? Number 10 Lionesses tribute mocked for failing to put out the bunting. Uh, not celebratory enough. It's pretty... It's pretty piss poor, isn't it? I mean, it's pretty piss poor. Maybe uh, Dorney Harvey, a true fan, could go in the politician's fake interest. Yeah, no, true. Uh, William has been chatting to them. It's all over his YouTube channel, Ellery Jones. He's doing his best. He's doing his best. He's, he's going to be watching. Uh, I think Prince William should have changed his plan. I, I don't know. I mean, th these things are sort of, it's the optics on these things, isn't it? Uh, it it's how these things look. That's the, uh, that's the most important thing. Uh, oh, and this here, look as well. Look, major cities in England choose not to screen tomorrow's big match so you know um uh so look yeah the women's world cup final will not be shown on big screens in london's trafalgar square or several major english cities despite the wave of public support well london will not host a screening in the heart of the capital despite the men's cricket world cup in 2019 and women's euros being screened there in 2022 Almost like sexism still still exists, says Amy May, and I'm I'm kind of inclined to agree. Uh, but importantly, you may have seen on the on the coffee moaning Instagram account. What have asparagus got to do that do with this? Well, this is the story that um, I haven't got it in front of me, but the asparagus m uh, psychic has said 
that the world's uh, yeah she's the world's only asparagus psychic who correctly predicted Brexit, the Queen's death, and the publicity shy Wazzocks quitting as royals. Um, she says they're going to win on penalties. Wouldn't it be interesting if she hurls her asparagus into the air and they've landed in the correct fashion? They're going to win on penalties. It's a pretty good guess. Yeah, she predicts things through the medium of asparagi. Do you call asparaguses asparagi? I thought like we should. I don't know why. Um, this story is... Why have I got that one there? What's that? That's on the back of that. Uh, De Niro's old fellas rather than good fellas. It's De Niro's 80th birthday, obviously still in the aftermath of losing, tragically losing his grandson. Uh, Ex-Beatle was there, uh, Paul McCartney, Scorsese, uh, Christopher Walken, Alec Baldwin um, and uh, Palmentieri. Plenty of old fellas or good fellas on hand for Robert De Niro's 80th birthday. Oh, bless. I was watching Goodfellas the other night. Rot White. This this story is just just awful. This is the story of a pensioner who's been left with sort of serious injuries. Again, dogs just attacking in public. Um, but they uh, armed police were called in and they shot both Rottweilers dead following the attack yesterday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, he's still in hospital. Uh, a young man has been arrested on suspicion of being charged with a dog dangerously out of control. Um, yeah, and, they, and they, this happened in Bognor Regis. I mean, this just shows you. I mean, the amount of times, as I say, we've been... Can, yeah, I cannot wait for that film either. Recently. Uh, the amount of times we go to the park and you see these weapon dogs being encouraged to uh, to essentially attack great big hunks of wood and stuff like that. You see them literally attacking trees. You know, they're training them to attack trees. I mean, yeah, I, I think there should be some kind of bylaw or law to kind of... If you see that sort of behaviour where certain types of dogs are being encouraged to tear things up, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, um, it's Tez, Tez, I think you're having some issues at your own, Tez. Um, Hot Wheels, this story uh, is, uh, let's have a look at this one. This is a curious story. This is the rusty remains of a burnt out Ferrari still sell for £1.5 million. Uh, the rust bucket shell of a classic Ferrari that crashed and burnt in a race has sold for £1.5 million. It's a 1954 Ferrari raced by ex-Scuderia Ferrari team driver Franco Cortese. Uh, yeah, wow. Auctionist Sotheby's said once refurbished, the spider promises to deliver the thrilling driving experience. A bit grisly, though, isn't it? Don't you think that's a bit grisly? Well, it's expensive and a bit grisly. I mean, look at that. One and a half million for a burnt car from a car crash. Cray-cray. Cray cray. I love this next story. I love the title. I love the fantastic headline on this one. Not the grand title. Grand, not the grand final. The grand final. Zavita 89 and Liz 87 team up for a Wimbledon doubles showdown. Combined age of what's that? 160 plus 176. Uh, they're taking part in a Wimbledon final. Oh. Oh, wow. Look. Uh, 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 hang on. They've been a duo for just two weeks and played six games together in that time. The pair applied for the tournament, expecting to have to battle through the heats. But so few competing members of the Lawn Tennis Association are over 85 that they were fast tracked straight to the finals. Isn't that great? Isn't that great, Tez? We can see your comments, Tez. Don't know what's going on there. 
Joan, another story about sort of being old but young. Joan, uh, I was going to call her Joan Crawford, Joan Collins, has put her youthful looks down to good genes and a life lived in moderation. Oh, bless her. I had no self-esteem. I used to plaster myself up in makeup. Uh, she says, I took my father and sister all have the youthful looks and so does my brother. She does look amazing. She does look amazing. Um, I mean, I wonder if it's pressure. Do you think it, do you think there's real pressure when you get to, how old is she? She's like 90, she's 90 years old, to still look beautiful. Do you know what I mean? To, to, to still look sort of beautiful and perfect at that age. Wow. I find it bloody exhausting. Absolutely exhausting. Um, Vardy, I don't let my hubby uh, use hookers. Wow. Ouch. Wags dig back at Colleen. Rebecca Vardy is hit back in a Wagatha Christie war by mocking Colleen Rooney over her husband Wayne's sex with prostitutes. Um, wow. Well, okay. Uh, she fueled the fire by posting a pic picture of a pigeon on her head as a child, a reference to when she had compared speaking to Colleen to talking to a pigeon. Hmm. That, it, I feel like there's just more to this. Wags, wags, wags. That, that that story just won't go away, will it? Britney Spears, we were talking about this. Obviously, he has now filed for divorce, her husband of one year, was it? Zoe, you always felt he wasn't particularly trustworthy. He's uh, he's, he's seeking alimony, seeking you know money. Britney at all-time low, throwing knives at the walls. Claims marriage split Madonna Balak a backing celeb pal. Um, it was said that by her husband uh, that her behaviour had become increasingly erratic. I think he believes that she was having an affair with uh, one of the attendants at the house. So it just looks like Britney's troubles are going to re-emerge. Um, and so, you know, we're only going to be hearing one side of this again, aren't we? Because... And it's terrible. There's this, I call it the one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of syndrome. It's like, I think poor old Brittany is now in a situation where whatever she says or does, or however she deals with anything, she could be considered mad. You know, there's that moment where Jack Nicholson can't get out. He can't prove that he's sane. It's almost like everything is proving that he's insane. It's that catch 20, catch 22 thing where you can't get out of the definition of being slightly mad. Um, and I think, I think, I think that's what's going on here. She's in a vice. She is in a vice. Reese. She's, she's trapped. She's caught. She's caught. And, and no amount of trying to wriggle out of it. Every movement to wriggle around it is going to be seen in some capacity as kind of like further evidence that she's unhinged in a, in a dangerous state and what have you. And I, you can just well imagine, can't you? Everyone, father, everyone who got nudged to the side after the conservatorship, I bet they're all sitting there just kind of metaphorically, if not literally, kind of just kind of like, see, told you so, and all this kind of stuff, which is what the press is going gonna, is gonna to run at. Um, this is, this is, I mean, this is who gets to go to a Michelin star restaurant. I filmed with Michelle Rue. Um, in fact, the Eating in the Sun, I think, might be on our channel that we did with Nadia. Um, Michelle Rue Jr., incredibly lovely guy uh, obviously inherited one of the most sort of spectacularly uh, posh uh, landmark like Michelin restaurants old Michelin restaurants in London he's closing down his restaurant Le Gavroche uh, this will this for foodies this is this is one of those stories for foodies really he says he's got to a point in his life where he wants the work-life balance to be better um, I personally think there will be an element of 
um, cost of living crisis stuff kicking in here again. Um, you know, I mean, how, you know, even the Uber rich, you know, it's a very expensive restaurant, you know, and I think, you know, the hospitality sector has been struggling anyway. But but, you know, he's stepping back. Um, obviously, his father was Albert Roux. Uh, I think his uncle was Michel Roux Senior, who also appears in Eating in the Sun. So fabulous family. And he's a I mean, he is a genuinely lovely, lovely man. So if he's doing this for his work life balance, I think that's a good idea. Reese Roberts, the insubordinate pressure chefs and restaurants suffer to obtain a mission. So it's fascinating. It's a ludicrous stress, ludicrously stressful to um to hold on to those those michelin stars for sure um i'm just gonna gloss over that one talking about amy someone was mentioning amy winehouse in relationship to um i think britney uh you know the idea that are we are we watching the same thing happen <clears throat> this all of this reminds me of i think i used the parallel or the analogy on friday about the idea that <clears throat> the mainstream press kind of running stories alleging like with harry and megan that their relationships in crisis did it uh the the sort of the the sort of slight desire around britney that she's still perceived to be unhinged in some way uh amy winehouse the press just kept sort of charging after her charging after her. similar things happened with Sinead o'connor when she was having breakdowns and what have you the press ends up delivering or i think the press does end up causing some of the outcomes that yeah there's the microcosmic kind of DNA of something there, and the press seizes upon it, keeps fanning the flames of it, which is why I think it is utterly unforgivable, for example, how Piers Morgan has treated Megan. Because, I mean, if, say, something happened to... Say she she made she did something awful. I mean, you know, you know you're standing right at the front there of having constantly, constantly pulled her down in public. Um, and I just wonder whether, you know, that that that's something that is going to happen with Britney. And I think this is something that also happened with Amy Winehouse. But, but interestingly, her family are uh, sharing her journals. Do you think they should? Do you think they should share her journal? Yeah, Caroline Flack, absolutely. Share her journals uh, for 40th. Amy Winehouse's parents have shared excerpts from her private journals in which she spoke about being different to everyone. They've been released by Mitch and Janice in honour of their late daughter, who would have been 40 this month. I don't know. I, I I think I don't know if they should be shared, if I'm honest. I mean, I know this sort of stuff, you know. I don't know. I just find it really I find it really weird. It's, I, I find the same thing almost with art. You know, an artist, I mean, having known a lot of artists in my life, a lot of artists don't want like their sketches to be seen. The, the art that you see by an artist when they're alive is the art that they want you to see. And then all their sketches and everything else. Yeah, it might be interesting to the art student, but if, if fundamentally the artist doesn't want you to see them, I don't think we should then have a great big exhibition of them all, to be honest. I, I really don't. I, yeah. My old friend Jim, who was an artist, he used to say that. He said, I don't want to see his, I don't want to see my shit drawings put in public and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I just, I get the same feeling around this too. I, I don't know. I mean, this is seen as a way to commemorate her 40th, but is it, is it just another way of sort of, I don't know, not exploiting, that's too strong a word, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel uncomfortable about that. What do you think, guys? Um, it was her private thoughts, Marina O'Driscoll. What do you think? I mean, do you think, though, I mean, when people write journals, are people always writing journals thinking mm, someone's going to read this? I don't know if they are. I mean, journaling is a really important part of self-care and, and, and mental health treatment now. So imagine writing a journal and then after you die, you know, all your private thoughts are plopped into the public realm. It's like, no, no. Cashing in, you say, country pumpkin. Um, you don't write a journal expecting it to be seen, says Claire Haslam. 
Uh, Mitchell, I don't see the need for it either. No. Returning to Snow Woke, or Woke Snow White, as they're calling it. Walt Disney would be turning in his grave over Woke Snow White, says um, the original version's direct, the son of the original version's director, David Hand, whose father, also called David Hand, worked on the 1937 classic, waded in about the politically correct remake. Um, we talked about this last week, and what I think it was an interesting one, and I'd be curious to know what some of you guys think about it. The idea that actually, and quite a few outspoken pro, if, if we don't use the word woke in a negative way, pro-woke, you know, pro-woke youngsters are saying, woke is fine, or, you know, being mindful and inclusive is fine, but why rewrite and remake a classic? It's not a remake. And a lot of youngsters are, are kind of like getting pissed off that there's this sort of nanny state sort of, oh, we've got to have the story made that she Snow White is a go-getter and she's a success and she's a businesswoman and she's she doesn't need this stalking prince and all this kind of stuff. And I think this is where this is where the kind of woke argument begins to get a bit difficult because I don't I don't necessarily think it is about woke. I just think it's it's bad choices made by Disney. I just don't think it's I don't think it should be made. I just don't think it needs to be made. Make another film about a princess make a new film come up with a new idea where the prince you know i'm thinking of films like i think you see i think enchanted i always bang on about this film i think enchanted was a really clever film for inverting the female princess or mocking the uh, the stereotype of the disney princess reese feeling it for rachel zegler who's now the figurehead yeah absolutely right i mean once again uh, for this stormy political discussion she's only just done my side story and also i would you know you can feel it can't you there is like with the little mermaid there is a race undertone to this there is a kind of intolerance of i feel of someone taking on such a you know sort of if you like mainstream iconic iconic role um but i do believe i, I just don't think this film needs to be made uh, and of course there are there are uh, competing views on whether and again i don't know the you know people who of diminutive height some people don't mind being called members of the dwarfist community. Some people do, but you know the 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 actors cast to play the in the title term dwarfs are not of or from that community. So there's an issue there about inclusivity. I mean, I can't believe at no point anyone thought at Disney this is going to be a hot potato. Like I can't actually believe anyone. Well, no, I, I can't. I can understand where it, it is. It isn't similar in terms of Brad. I'm thinking of Bradley's nose, but. This, you know, who looked at this on paper and went, we're not, we're going to have no issues here. Of course, you're going to have issues here. You know, of course, you're going to have issues here. Uh, Woke Snow White and No Dwarfs insult Disney classic. Um, and there you have the Rachel Zegler. This is where, this is where making the right moves in inclusivity and diversity and telling different stories get, get, you know, gets stymied and hamstrung by moments like this, because this gives so much ammunition to the Daily Mail. But I do think this film is going to sink without trace. I think it's going to be absolutely disastrous. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're all gagging to know how Bonnie Prince Charlie actually looked at the time of the Jacobite, Jacobite, right, Jacobite, Jacobite rising. That's how he'd look. Who does he look like? He reminds me of someone. Um, 
the face of Bonnie Prince Charlie has been recreated using death masks that depict him as he would have looked during the Jacobite Rising of 1745. What do you think of him, guys? Is it Outlander? Is that the? Is there a show? Is there a TV show in which he features? They gave him acne. He doesn't look well, does he? He doesn't look well. The actress from The Vicar of Dibley. Yes, Uma Thurman, Cloda. Jasper Carrot, <laughs> says Mika Mac. Um, yeah, well, there you go. That's, if you, I'm sure you were all absolutely gagging to know about that. Bodice Rippers are seduced in New York. We're getting into the silly stuff now. Uh, this is, who likes it? Who, do you remember Mills and Boone? Does, any, does anyone, what was the name of the Jilly Cooper book? That when you went to school, this this was how innocent it was in the 70s, 80s. Porn didn't exist in the way that it does now. And what would happen was a book. I'm, I think it was The Bitch, actually, by uh, Jackie Collins. And it would pass round the It would pass round. Um, send your new address, Natasha, to um, to Michelle. It was passed around the class. And if you looked at the side of the book, you would see like there'd be a line of dirty, a dirty line along the leaves of pages where everyone would flick to the certain page to read the to read the naughtiness. Riders. Was that it? Riders? Was it the bitch? Was Riders by Jilly Cooper? Bodice rippers. Oh, mate. It's summer in the city in New York and uh, there's a hipster oasis in Brooklyn and they've opened an independent bookshop devoted entirely to that most derided of genres, the romance novel. Mills and Boone, my nan read. It was Riders, Jilly Cooper. That's it. Riders, and it had that cover with the jodhpurs. I, I think that's where I got my thing about jodhpurs. I, in fact, I don't know if I do have a thing about jodhpurs, actually. I, I think I have a thing about jodhpurs, and then I just think, a bit too rich, a bit too posh. Um, Fury as boy made a carnival queen. Oh, my God. Wait, look, this story I pulled from... Here we go. Look, look at this. Well... What do we think about this? Is this this? I think this is near where my nan lived. This is in Ringwood, is it in Hampshire? Yeah. Um, carnival bosses face uh, carnival bosses facing a backlash for picking a teenage boy as this year's queen have called in the police. They chose a lad uh, aged over sixteen and named James to lead the annual event, but he was relegated to an ambassador after the announcement on social media was said to have been met with abusive and negative comments, including threats of disruption. Organisers in Ringwood, Hampshire, deleted the post and referred the row to the police. Um, residents are threatened to uh, boycott the event. Uh, one writing, this is woke gone, Matt. You can't have camp teenagers pretending to be a queen. You're ruining a tradition. I mean, it's a, I've never understood the queen thing in these things. Carnival queen. That, isn't that in, in and of itself a bit of a... With the arc? And maybe having a camp queen is quite funny. But it's clearly a bit too funny for the residents of Ringwood. This isn't, you know, I just maybe this is just trying to camp it up. Maybe it's just having a bit of a laugh, right? Notting Hill Carnival. Dawny, Dawny, is it just me or is the world going mad? Um, we're already there, Dawny. We got there in a handcart. Uh, great sex in your 60s and 70s could help to keep your mind sharp. This is brilliant news as... Uh, as well, Nadia heads towards her sixties, isn't it? She's going to be delighted about that. <laughs> um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm chuffed too. I, I, th I think it's good. I think it's good. 
you know, um, having good sex in later life may help to keep the brain healthy, keeps you active, gets your heart rate up. I mean, it's physical activity, isn't it? Men and women aged between 62 and 74 who described their life as very pleasurable and satisfying were found to have better cognitive health scores five years later than those who had rated their bedroom behaviour less enthusiastically. More bonking means you live for longer. Um, and two-hour sex to burn fish and chips, calories. I love these things. We, I always remember Nadia saying to me, if you eat that Mars bar, you're going to have to run for at least at least an hour and a half. It really, it's a stark contrast. You go, I don't want to run for an hour and a half. Oh, Mars bar. Anyway, lovers can burn off the calories from fish and chips by having sex, but it's going to take you two hours. Let's face it, it's not going to happen, is it? Couples burn an average of 162 calories between them for every 10 minutes. You see, look, the curly cooks would have you think that I have a condition and I'm obsessed, but so too are all the papers. Tori, two hours. Who has time to have sex for two hours? Unless it's tantric. You're absolutely right, Tori. <coughs> um, a portion of cod and chips has 861 calories. So that's 1,722 for two. You see, this story is another important reminder of why maths GCSE is, is quite useful um uh it would take one hour and 46 minutes of love making for both to use up the energy it could be even longer for those scoffing a sunday roast which can come to it more come in at more than 1000 calories i think now there's going to be the euphemism isn't there is it netflix and cuddles or something now it's going to be fish and chips everyone's going to be like yeah i know what you're after fish and chips yeah right uh, just in case you were worried, NASA is now looking. Well, thank God they're doing it because someone needs to do it. NASA's now looking behind Uranus. How could I avoid this headline? I beg of you. It's a gift. It's the gift that keeps on giving, the Daily Star. Uh, eyes on skies for backside check. <laughs> NASA is about to study Uranus from behind, uh, says the Daily Star. Netflix and chill. Thank you very much. Let's... Let's Netflix and chill and I'll go and get some fish and chips. Um, the space agency has put out a call for Earthlings to assist, get it, while they check out the backside of the planet. Oh, NASA say amateurs te with telescopes can come along for the ride. They can observe both ice giants at the same time. Oh, God. NASA looking at their, look, looking behind Uranus. Uranus. Oh, look, I love this. So it's time for some photos. Guys, if you're listening on podcast, I'll try and describe protological orbit. <laughs> uh, don't, what was that? Don't think I've ever been acknowledged in a live chat. How lovely. Thank you and hello. I shall have to go back to the start of the stream. Kaz Williams, you have been acknowledged. Guys, you have to understand these messages go up so fast and there are so many and we, we home in on as many as we can. Uh, and sometimes we're just jabbering for ages, but we'll always have a look. But Kaz, you've been seen now. I hope that's all right. Look at this chap. What's his name? Uh, Rory Eric. He won them. He's, he's mullet champion. Six-year-old boy from Philadelphia has taken home $5,000 after scooping up first place in the children's division of the American Mullet Championship. Oh, what a sweetheart. Anyone here like the mullet? Is it a trend? Well, if that's a trend you're sick and tired of, check out this trend. Yeah, you're not going to believe this. Look, curves in all the right places. Apparently in, where is this? Um, in Dubai, is it? A sprawling farm near the coastal city of Barker in Oman. 
there are camel beauty contests. Hell hath no fury like a camel scorned or laughed at. If you've not, have you ever been spat at by a camel? Imagine a camel with that mullet. Uh, camel beauty contests are a multi-million pound pastime in the Gulf, leading to rise in collagen fill fillers and even cloning. I feel there has to be a film made about that, don't you? That would be fascinating. What if we could... Uh, collagen lip-filled camels, cloned camels, to win camel beauty? I mean, I have to say that is a beautiful set of lips, isn't it? I mean, beautiful. I mean, you really want to give that a good old kiss. Uh, and some final photos here. Look at that. Look at that. Global swarming. That's a good, good title. Uh, this is a beach in China. Quite something. It looks not entirely dissimilar to the beach featured in the Meg 2. Quite something, isn't it, that? And then you've got, obviously, I think this is the this is the Lionesses after winning the semi-final, getting into the final. And our final photo, look at him. What would you what, what could you clean with him? What a sweetie. Hair of the dog. Oh. Oh, static. There's still there's still nothing quite as sweet as when your kids have got a balloon. Oh, I remember these days. And they run into a room. They come and look at you and their hair is completely on end because and they're holding a balloon or they've just come out of a great big balloon party. Let's have a look at him again. That's so cheery. Look at him. Look at him. Oh, God, you could clean some glasses. You could clean windows. Dawny Harvey is coming home. It's coming home or a nylon top. And who like I, 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 this is weird. I used to really like getting um, static, you know, electric shocks from carpets. I love that. Something else from the 70s that we miss. Um, but anyway, I'm going to go and um, keep my weekend uh, artist guest list band off. I'm going to go and text the weekend, see how he is, see how he's doing, see if he's limbering up, see how he's... Yeah, let's have another little look at what we saw last night. Look, we were at the bottom of this. Oh, let's add this to the stream. Oh, there we go. That was me bent over doing a Mooney into the sky. Oh, guys. Anyway, have a lovely day. Vlogs will be like, oh, by the way, for members, it will be a live No Name Sunday show tomorrow. A live No Name Sunday show. I know you like it when they dovetail between pre-recorded and live, pre-recorded and live, pre-recorded and live.